live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. The second and final hour of the final sports huddle of 2023. Get a little bit of an extended break coming up here, as I've mentioned, with the combination of basketball schedule and time off and bowl games. Uh, I won't be back until the first week of January, probably January 4th, actually, the way the schedule breaks, which would be a Thursday. So we could start the year in the studio, and Sean Robertson will come back with us, and we'll have a feel-good Thursday sports huddle to start 2024. Uh, As I mentioned, Matt will be on the rest of the week with Border to Border, continue to preview the bowl games, talk some college basketball as well. So he's on tomorrow and Friday. We have Spider Basketball tomorrow night on these airwaves as well and then in the mornings uh al and jamie are off for a little bit over christmas but are back towards the end of next week by thursday and friday they'll be back on the air for our local sports talk in the morning and really appreciate the guys like well everybody out there all the guys and gals out there but uh when we hear from like bruce and from reggie uh, and both of them you know show their support for us and what we do we really appreciate that and we obviously couldn't do it without all of you all of our listeners and all of our callers and we also can't do it without all of our great guests who spend time with us on these airwaves and one of those has joined us right now as i mentioned in the four o'clock hour it's probably not the way it used to be back in the good old days when we had college football signing day and we made a big deal about it and most schools did these big signing parties it's just not that way anymore and there are two signing periods now one that begins today and the other that begins in february and this one has become the big one for most schools um one of which is the the team that we broadcast here on 1061 espn the richmond spiders and we're going to talk with head coach russ huseman uh, about his signing class and about spider football for a few minutes this afternoon to get our five o'clock hour underway russ thanks for spending some time with us happy holidays and how are you Doing good, Bob. How you doing? Doing fine. Are you feeling a little bit better today when all those signed national letter of intents came into the Robin Center? Yeah, we had probably, we signed 16. We had 15 of them in by, oh, by 8 o'clock. Wow. And 7 o'clock when you first sign them. And then we got our last one in. Uh, one of them had to wait for their parents to get home at 1030 to sign. So we got them all done by 1030. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about this group uh, as you break it down. Looks like you went uh, pretty heavy on linemen, both offensively and defensively, and then also it looked like uh, defensive backs, which, is, as you found out over the last couple of years for sure, just can't have enough of those, right? Yeah, I think we signed um, a, a player from every position group this year. I mean, we signed three offensive linemen, and probably you got to do that every year, and this was really the first year, Bob, that we had some depth on the offensive line, and uh, we'll actually go into spring practice with a good amount of players, and so we feel better about you know building that up. And a couple of running backs, um, obviously quarterback in the in the class. So we tried to we tried to get something needs all the way across the board, and and, and we did. And our guys did a great job of recruiting, and uh, we got some pretty good players there. 
Yeah, I was going to say, how much of this, this year particularly, was need-based? How much of it was you were just taking best players uh, because they were available to you? Well, I mean, we kind of have our numbers that we want to get and have on scholarship, um, you know, all the way across the board. And we've got a formula of, all right, we're going to take this amount, we're going to use this amount of scholarships on this position group. And you kind of look at it and then you base on, all right, we probably need a transfer at this position, so it'll be one less high school guy at that position. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, it, it kind of matches up with our numbers that we allot each position group. And, uh, you know, some have a little bit more numbers-wise. Some have a little bit less. It's hard to really, you know, hit it right on the number. But, you know, we've saved, um, you know, we've saved uh, four or five scholarships for, for some transfers that we're dealing with and we're going to deal with uh, moving forward here. So, but 16 high school players is quite a bit and we and we may mm-hmm. take one more high school guy I, I don't know it just depends on what's out there in the transfer portal but for right now it looks like we're probably done with high school players um, I'm sure that's a good feeling for you and, and the coaching staff how has all of this changed in the last several years with the transfer portal and knowing that you want some of those guys you don't want to go overly heavy with them you have made that point uh, many times that this is still going to be a high school driven program but that you have to balance recruiting the high school kids and also working the transfer portal yeah I mean I think Bob it's 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 where you're, where we think an immediate need is for next year is going to be what we do in the transfer portal. Uh, and so, you know, we look at certain position groups and, yeah, we need to add a player there, whether it's for depth or whether it's, you know, to potentially start for us. Um, and, and so, you know, where we're thin and where we're inexperienced, we, you know, we make the decision that, all right, we'll go get a transfer you know, at this position. And so it's, you know, it won't be a lot, but, you know, five I think is probably about our number every year um, in the transfer portal. And, and, and again, most of our players are going to be our high school guys we sign. Uh, can you shed any light on what those positions might be by virtue of, you know, primarily graduation? I think your retention rate uh, has been really good, but just from a graduation standpoint of, of where you might be looking to bolster the troops. Oh, you know, obviously we're, we we won't take a transfer quarterback. We like our guys, yeah. so we took a high school guy this year. Uh, we won't take one on the offensive line. We feel like we got plenty of depth. You know, we redshirted five guys this past year on the offensive line that we think are are really good players. Um, you know, and, and again, we lost Savon Smith, Mylon Howard, Fonay Webb. Um, so you never know what we do there at that mm-hmm. position. We lost Brooks Haggerty and Connor Devaney, so you never know what we'll do at that position. But we actually signed two high school running backs and then in a high school tight end. So, uh, you know, I don't want to get into the positions that we're going to take them at, but, you know, if you kind of look at our depth, and I think most people can kind of figure out where, we, where we're thinking about adding the transfers to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, amongst the high school guys that you signed, a uh, couple of Richmond area guys, right? Kyrie Richardson from Manchester and Peyton Seelman from Hanover, right? What can you tell us about them? Yeah, like both those guys. Um, you know, Kyrie's a really great athlete. Um, does a lot of things on both sides of the ball uh, from a great high school program. 
And, uh, you know, so we're real, we're really excited about him. I think we're probably going to start him out on the defensive side of the ball, but it's pretty versatile. We'll see, you know, where he ends up, but, uh, really athletic guy that can make plays and, and is good in the return game. And then Payne Seelman, uh, from Hanover and, you know, give, um, uh, you know, Sam Rogers a lot of credit. He's done a great job with that program. And, and we had, uh, we had Peyton in camp and he tested. His numbers were incredible. He ran, he jumped, he moved, and and we just didn't see enough defensive stuff his junior year. And we kind of told him we went we see some. And so I went and watched him play about the fourth or fifth game of the year. And and um, uh, about halftime, I walked off, said we're going to offer this guy a scholarship. <laughs> and I told the coaches, I said we're taking him. And uh, just he's one of those throwback tough. Makes plays, runs, plays hard, and uh, so both those pro Hanover and, and Manchester great programs, and, and the, the coaches there have done a great job of, of developing these guys. So really excited about both those guys, and uh, we think they're going to be really good players for us. Man, Ross, that description of uh, of Peyton Seelman sounds an awful lot like Tristan Wheeler, if you ask me. Could he be the – I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him, but could he be the next Tristan Wheeler, and what's it going to be like not to have number 30 out there on the field for you now? (laughs) Well, he reminds me of Eric McBride Uh uh, out of high school. When I I watched Eric McBride play high school football and the things that he did, uh, so he he, he actually does kind of remind me of him. Um, So – uh, you know, he, 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 you know, he could probably be a college running back. We're going to play him at linebacker. So uh, just old school, you know, tough. Uh, you know, one of those kids. Uh, really, we're we're excited. I think he's, you know, he's he was probably under recruited, um, but. You know, we don't care. We're happy to have him. <laughs> Absolutely. He got recruited by the right school right there in his hometown at, at, at Richmond. Hey, uh, shout-out and kudos to, to Tristan Wheeler and the awards that, that he's racked up. And, and also your Aussie punter, right? Aaron Trussler has, has really received some great accolades this offseason, Russ. Yeah, I mean, the, those two and then Ryan Cole also, mm-hmm. um, you know, three really good players there. But, you know, obviously Wheeler Wheeler's going to go down in history as one of the best players to ever play here. Um, just a great leader, tremendous player, hard worker. You, you love to hear him. You, you love to to see him play, and, and just incredible guy. And then then the Aussie, uh, he had a really good year, and and it's showing up, and people are taking notice at the things that he's done. You know, he's we were second in the uh, we were second in the country, and and yards allowed returns, and that was because of him. Um, you know, so and we were top ten in the country in, in net punting because of partly because of him, partly because of, of our punt team. So um, he's getting all the um, you know credit he deserves. And then Ryan Cole's been on a couple of these teams too. So uh, proud of Ryan, and, and I think Ryan's got a future to keep playing uh, football for a while, and I think Wheeler does too. Awesome stuff. A couple more for you, Russ. We'll let you. We'll let you go. I know it's been a busy day getting all those all those signings in. Are you, are you still keeping one eye on what's happening in the FCS and the playoffs? And man, oh man, that South Dakota State team looks uh, looks like they're just rolling through this thing, don't they? Yeah, um, they, they look pretty good against um, 
Albany the other day, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I kind of, yeah, I've been following all the way through. Whether I watch the national championship game, uh, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I'm not mm-hmm. overly interested. But, you know, I've talked about this all the time. If you don't get a high seed, you know, you got some issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, the, the people have to go all the way out there. And, you know, and, and again, I'm, South Dakota State's really good. No question about that. But Albany plays late Saturday, mm-hmm. and then has to go back on Friday and play, and you know, and and go out there and, and play, and and so, you know, sometimes it's a very unfair advantage, but it is what it is. You got to, you got to, you got to get a high seed, and you know, I know we, I guess we weren't seeded when we won the national championship no. uh, in two thousand and eight. So maybe I'm uh, talking out of both sides of my mouth there, but. Uh, you know, it makes it tough to go out there and play in those conditions a lot of times. And um, you know, I know Albany's used to it; they're up north a little bit. But um, you know, it, it, the, the South Dakota State looked really good, and uh, you know, it should be it should be an interesting game. I, I don't know if South Dakota State can get beat or not, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I, I did follow it all the way through. And, and I say I won't watch, but I'll, I'll probably end up watching. <laughs> Yeah, I think you might peek in on it. We'll add that to the list of goals for next year is to get a seed and get a high seed for the Spiders and make some of these teams come east instead of all of us uh, going west. What's next for for your guys, uh, Russ? Obviously, uh, just finished up finals. They'll get the break for the holiday. And what happens when they get back on campus? Well, as you know, we'll start the uh, off-season program with Brinks in the weight room. Uh, you know, he'll get them out there and run a little bit, but – you know, it's more getting into the weight room, and uh, and then uh, you know, right before the February signing day, we'll start our mat drills, and that's when we'll kind of get them out there, move them around, and get some cardio stuff going, and and then get into spring practice. And spring practice, we're starting a little bit earlier this year. You know, the calendar. You know, you, you got to kind of base it around the calendar. So we'll get. I think we're actually getting seven practices in before spring break this huh. year. Normally we get two to three, um, but the calendar set up pretty decent to do it that way and have a little bit earlier spring game. Then they can go back in and lift some more before they get out of here. But, um, you know, they need some time away from us. But we sent them home with a uh, program, a lifting and running program, <laughs> that we fully expect them to uh, to stick by and to come back in great shape. We'll have some guys – That'll have some surgeries, you know, to get some things fixed up and cleaned up. But, uh, you know, for the most part, we, we actually came out fairly healthy mm-hmm. this season, and, and, uh, and that really helped us, too. And, uh, but, um, you know, for our coaches, too, now, we, we had a signing day this morning. You know, sign, we signed them, and then at lunch, I told them all get out of here and, and, and enjoy their holidays, and we'll get back in the office January 2nd and crank it back up. Looking forward to it. Congrats on another great season, Russ. It was really uh, an enjoyable ride with these guys, and look forward to seeing them all back after the holidays and, and you as well. Thanks for spending some time with us this afternoon, and, and uh, happy holidays to you and everyone. Thanks, Bobby. You're the best in the business. Happy holidays. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. I, I know you'll be working, though, most of the time. Won't you? Uh, a little bit. Just some spider basketball. But even that, they gave us some time to enjoy the holidays. So we're good, Coach. We're good. Sweet. That's good. All right. Enjoy Go it, Russ. Thanks.
Yeah, you got All it. Right, Go Spiders. Thank you, Russ. Russ Huseman, he's great. Spider head coach. Uh, back-to-back nine-win seasons now, right? Back-to-back nine and fours, back-to-back playoff appearances, and I think you could hear it in his voice. The next step uh, to take is to, to get into that top eight in the postseason so that you do get more home games out of that and you don't have to crisscross the country because the balance of power has certainly moved west in the FCS level, and teams like Richmond need to do what they can to bring that balance of power uh, back to the east. All right, we're already at 517. Let's tell you what we got coming up here in the remaining time that we have with this afternoon up until 6 o'clock on the Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, give James River Air a call for a free home in-home consultation. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. Boy, I heard the story on ESPN Sports Center at the outset at 5 o'clock about Michigan receiving more NCAA violations. Uh, I mean, that's, that's like three times this year for Jim Harbaugh. I know one of them was kind of self-imposed so that some of this might be of a lesser degree, but right, he, he missed the first three games of the season. Uh, he missed the last three games of the season, and now he's, he's got this going on. I mean, how many, how many times can you keep dodging this stuff? What? Yeah, Alan. Hey, Bob. Sorry. Um, that is actually a continuation of the self-imposed uh, Right, ones. from the beginning yeah, of the so, year, right? So, yeah, because he lied – uh, to the investigators, that's a level one violation, and then they have four level two. So it's not anything new. I think it's them finally getting pre- getting Get presented. Getting the, around uh, accusations. to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Received the formal notice yeah. of the allegations. Yeah, but I mean, he's already had two, three game suspensions, and there's likely there could be more coming out of it from from this now, right? Not in L.A. I heard it's pretty nice weather out there. <laughs> <laughs> if all right, if if anything more comes of it, it won't be this. They they will not do it during the bowl season for them. That's for sure. But um, yeah, it's just a lot. It, it it's really a lot going on out there. And man, they've had an interesting year. And yet their players have just right played right through it, plowed right through it all the way into the college football playoffs. So all right, so that was one of the top stories on Sports Center uh, just a couple of moments ago. We are wide open the rest of the way 804-327-0888 327-0888 on the air and our text line let's not fall too much further behind get a break in here and come back on the other side as we take you up until six o'clock tonight on the last 2023 edition of the sports huddle right here on 1061 espn just head to our website and to our this week on 1061 espn richmond page for a preview of what's to come on 1061 espn <laughs> A couple of college basketball final scores before we go back to the phones here. 804-327-0888 on the Sports Huddle. Longwood Falls this afternoon at North Carolina Central. 79-70, just the second loss of the year for the Lancers. They're 12-2. and That's one of those holiday getaway games played in the afternoon and get the guys on their way. Um, so a little bit of lack of merriment there for uh, Longwood after suffering just their second loss of the season. Oklahoma State beat Wofford 76-70. That's also a final from a day game in college basketball. And as I mentioned, got pretty good amount of uh, good-looking night games to to 
check catch in on uh, tonight to tune into uh, on the on college basketball this evening. Highlighted by Baylor and Duke at Madison Square Garden, and you got UConn and Seton Hall um, in the A10. St. Louis is playing tonight at NC State, uh, so that might be a game to check out a little bit this evening as well. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Twenty-five after five. Haven't actually caught up with Dolphin Dave in a while. Happy holidays, Dave. Thanks for calling. Hey, happy holidays, sir. I wanted to call up and wish you a very happy holiday because I know I'm not going to be hearing you until next year, which I will go through with thralls, but I guess I'll get through it. <laughs> You'll get through um, it. <laughs> I've asked uh, Santa for two different things this year. The first thing is I've asked Santa that sometime next year, Bob Black will actually meet me at a bar and watch a football <laughs> game with me. Okay, because that seems to be something that's really tough for him to do. And the second thing is, on a side note, I'm hoping that not only Virginia Tech can get a bowl game, but can get one farther away than Maryland. Uh, it seems like every time they get a bowl game that they actually are going, you know, I'd like to see him to go maybe check out the sunshine somewhere and have a good time, but that's just a thought. Um so I want to wish you a Merry Christmas for all you guys, and hope it's a great Christmas, and um We'll be thinking about you, and I hope it's safe, and you have a great time. Well, A, Dave, I can probably come watch your Dolphins play in a bowl game because right now I don't know if my Eagles are going to be around very long in the playoffs, so I can just come and relax and watch you sweat it out when the Dolphins play somebody. That's a goal. You know what? Let's look at the last game of the season where Buffalo comes to Miami. How about that one? Ooh, that's a big one. What's the date on that one, Dave? Uh, it's going to be New Year's Eve in Baltimore. Ooh. So it should be one week after that. Okay, so the first weekend in January. So if we can figure that one out, we'll we'll try and do yeah. that because that that is a real that that game could have a lot of implications, couldn't it? It could. I'm uh, keeping my fingers crossed. I think we could go two and three in our last three games. I think that we have a shot at beating uh, Dallas. Yeah, because Dallas is playing at our place. I think Baltimore's going to be tough. Uh, my son was going to get his tickets for the Baltimore game, decided that they were too expensive, which I absolutely do not mind. And it might be too cold. Plus, we still don't know, but they may flex that game. Yeah. They're supposed to be 1 o'clock, but we don't know if that's going to happen. So instead, for Christmas, he set me up at a virtual place for the, him and his wife and me and another friend of mine to hit golf balls for four hours. So I'm good with that, and it's going to yeah. be inside. So absolutely. At, well, you know I'm rooting uh, so, for you. You know I'm rooting for your Dolphins this Christmas Eve. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, you one. are, aren't you? Yes, yeah, I, am. I think You know, I was kind of looking at it and realized that Philadelphia lost, and um, Philadelphia lost, and uh, then Dallas lost too. Uh, I don't know if you probably you probably heard. I thought it was actually pretty cool. Uh, Pete Carroll in the locker room. I did not. Okay, I'm going to paraphrase this. He starts yelling <laughs> out, "Do we?" I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to have to. I got to clean it up a little bit. Uh, he, the first one, he goes, "Do you win games in the first quarter?" Everybody yells, "No." Do we win games in the second quarter? Everybody yells, "No." Do we win games in the fourth, third quarter? Everybody yells, "No." Uh, do we win games in the whatever fourth quarter? Everybody yells, "Yes." So it was actually kind of neat because you know what. I love Pete Carroll and his enthusiasm, you know, for his age and everything like that, to have the enthusiasm he has. You know, I love my, my – I'm not taking anything because I love my uh, coach, but Pete Carroll's kind of cool. I'm kind of a Pete Carroll fan. Here's what, I, here's what I learned, Dave. I loved everything you said about Pete Carroll 
when he's not coaching against my team. Then when he's coaching yeah. against my team, he is a bleepity, 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 bleep. That's what he is. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was actually – remember, you got beat by Drew Locke, too. Yes. In, but, <laughs> Thanks. You know, Happy holidays to you, too, Dave. Happy, Come on, yeah. now. Merry Christmas, Bob. <laughs> you have a good one, all right? Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, Dave. Thanks. And, yes, we will do that. We will find a date to get out there. And I, w- I would love to go out there and just watch a game with Dave, of course. And anybody else who wants to show up and, and join us, uh, you know, my old, my old producer guy, AJ, he threatened forever to come out and watch a game. And that never happened either. And maybe if it was – you know, like you said, Miami, Baltimore, something like that. Although that might be the New Year's Eve game. I might not be able to pull that one off. I'm not sure Dave could pull that one off either. But we'll find a date where we can get out there. I would rather it not be a game that I have a vested interest in. Um, so maybe it's a Dolphin, or I can root for the Dolphins with Dave, which can certainly happen moving forward. But I think he might be I'm, – I'm thinking this is the 49ers and the Ravens uh, this year right now. If I had to pick two teams – for the Super Bowl, I would be going 49ers and Ravens. Although, don't count Dave's Dolphins out yet with that offense for sure. Um, all right, 5.30 on the Sports Huddle. We take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Half hour to go. Would love to hear from you as we get into the holidays here and wrap it up for 2023. We'll do the final half hour after a timeout on 106.1 ESPN. The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. There's no gift. So, Alan, my producer friend, I've got a a question for you as we get into this last half hour of the sports huddle. Um, So, first of all, Alan, what was the phrase, again, that Bruce deemed for you, the nickname? Um, Dip. Dip. And he said that because you show up at all these events? Is that what that was? Because I'm on the move. Because you're on on the move. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to... Loosely translated as. That's, that's not bad. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. So if you had the opportunity, would you go to the – you went to the, the Old Dominion's the bowl game, to the famous Toastery Bowl game, and you said you would certainly go to the Bahamas if it got moved back there. I get that. Would you take your time and effort and go to this year's Orange Bowl? Would you go see Georgia against an unbelievably disinterested Florida State team? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Really? Yeah. Because it, of that reasoning? Be, because the people who, after seeing the ACC championship, uh, the people who have opted out, I know for a fact, are, were impact players um, that kept us in that game and helped us win that game. And if we don't bring that same team, we stand absolutely no chance. Now you're saying we. Why yeah. are we saying we? Because I'm a Florida State fan. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's what I thought. <laughs> So you, that would be your little protest also, right? You you wouldn't go because of all of this, right? Yeah, I mean, if I can be honest with you, man, I am so anti-SEC right now. The the sight <laughs> of them irks me just because I, I just thought it was real, real shady. One, they already have ESPN backing them, but the little promos they cut and, and just the, the fact that Sankey came out and Saban came out before the game even took place, before the SEC championship even took place, and just put the pressure on people, I just think is ridiculous. I think they pressured the committee too, so I'm I'm really upset. 
Yeah, no, I, I, again, I would have I would have had Florida State in there. I'm certainly not as passionate as you are and a lot of other people are about it. And I was just reading some of Mike Norvell's comments, you know, that they're you know, they're really still struggling with this thing. So this this could be pretty ugly. And the other thing, Alan, I know they're talking about again now is, you know, do we have to make a move? Do we have to get out of the ACC at some point, right? Yeah, and, and as a former competitor, I don't ever want to see – uh, a game decided off the field. I just think that's just against what competition is about. And Florida State has been yakking about this since before this happened when it comes to the ACC. So I just wonder how serious now their conversations are about do we have to find a new home in order to be thought of more highly and so that this doesn't happen in the future which it likely won't because this thing's going to 12 teams anyway well you know what hurts the most about all this uh the acc was one of the people who didn't want to uh yeah. expand, expand early mm-hmm. <laughs> yep yep but right they had that group that that group of schools right that were really outwardly having conversations about their future and it included virginia and virginia tech right yeah yeah, that was uh, – I'm looking at it right uh, – Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and North Carolina State. But they they still have the whole, um, you know, how are they going to break the contract and, and all of that, They you know, the grant of rights thing. That's still got another 12 years maybe on it. So I don't, I don't know how they would – I still don't know how the lawyers are going to get them out of that one, right? Figure it out. <laughs> you want out? That's interesting. I do. I'm I'm upset, man. And plus, I think the Big Ten has shown interest in wanting to bring Florida State. And with the program being um, on the up and up, I think there's suitors out there. If this was like, you know, a year or so ago, probably not. But I think Florida State has the advantage right now or the leverage. Where would you want them to go? Um, I would love to go to the SEC just for Wait a minute, I thought you hated the SEC. I, I do, but I mean, business is business, man. <laughs> we we don't want to we don't want to get too far from our our general pipeline, uh, and and I think you know with Texas joining and you already got the Aggies in there as well, it, it could potentially open up uh, another pipeline. Would you be willing and okay to take somebody with Florida State from the ACC to even include a rival like Miami? Or Clemson. I, I think it would have to be Clemson because all these moves are for football anyway. Miami football is is not – there's nothing good about that. We don't we don't need that with us. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if, if Florida is already going to be upset about Florida State coming, we, mm-hmm. we don't want both Florida mm-hmm. t- schools coming. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. That, that, and Clemson, I would think, would be, would be the ideal candidate. I've got that. a I've got a manifesto written up, man. If they want to read it, <laughs> I've given it some thought. Obviously, <laughs> on moving to the SEC with yeah. Clemson, yeah, and 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 scratching all the records that say or show that I was anti-SEC when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we started this conversation with you saying how much you hated the SEC, and now you're pointing your team to, to the SEC. What's up, Alan? Come on, now. welcome to college politics, yes, baby. <laughs> you're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely right about that. I don't think anything can happen in the near term here, but but I do think they can they can lay some groundwork to make that happen moving forward. And this this whole landscape could get blown up anyway. You know, if the new uh, NCAA president has his way, it's going to happen anyhow, right? He, he's going to create this this subdivision, you know, with just schools that can afford basically to just flat out play 
pay the players. And I would think Florida State would be in that group, wouldn't you? Yeah, and he's he doesn't know what he's doing, man. I'm telling you, that really will make uh, the NIL be the demon that everybody thinks it is. Yes. Yes, it would. And I already, I'm one of those in that category that does think it, it's the demon. And um, yeah, I do. So that, that would that would put everybody else in a, that would put them in an exclusive club, basically, and would leave everybody else to fend for themselves. And it could get really, really ugly at that point. So, um, well, let's take them. Let, let's go. Uh, let's take Jared on the phone and then uh, we'll get to the break here at 545 and wrap it up. Hello. Hello. You're on. Jared? <laughs> Bob, Who is Jerry it? Linkfist. How are you doing? Oh, Jerry. It's Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Sorry, well, happen. isn't your – I will bet, Jerry, I will bet that Alan looked at the caller ID, and I'll bet your caller <laughs> ID says Jared or Jared or something like it that. It does. Sorry. Yes, it does. See? <laughs> Welcome doesn't to matter. technology, Jerry. <laughs> how, how are you, my no, friend? I'm Happy good. holidays to you. Same to you. I was just driving to get some dinner, and I uh, turned you on, and uh, I got to thinking about uh, Florida State, and uh, you know, didn't put them in the Final Four because they lost the quarterback. Does that mean that all these other teams now that aren't going to get better players aren't going to play? Does that mean they shouldn't play either? I mean, I don't understand how the NCAA disqualified Florida State for losing one player when. Uh, all these other teams are all the players are dropping out anyway. I don't I'm know why anybody would even be interested. I don't know why anybody would be interested in bowls anyway, the way it's going now. Not the way it's going now. Right. They've ruined a really good thing with these bowls. They're just they're no more than exhibition games. They're like spring training games in, in baseball at this point. And I'm with you on that whole logic about okay, your quarterback's out, so we're not gonna take you. First of all, you got a month to get your next quarterback ready. Even if it's the number three quarterback, he's still a great player. And then the other one, Jerry, why couldn't they have just lied a little bit? You know, in this day and age, what difference would it make? Just say, well, we think he's going to be back. We think he's got enough time well, to heal, and, and he's going to play. And then, oops, our sure, doctor, well. you know, we made a mistake, and he's not going to play. Right? Well, it was, it was pretty dumb. But I, what I really dislike is all these guys not playing anyway. I'll tell you, if I was a teammate, I'd tell all these guys, I, <laughs> I'd be very upset. Now, I understand they're all saying, well, we got to get ready for the pros. Get ready, my baloney. They've been... They've been getting ready now for four years, three or four years. That's crazy. They're all afraid they're going to get hurt, and they almost hope that they will get hurt after this. I mean, how, yeah, in, no. the, how in the world can how in the world can you not play at a bowl game and you're the better player, the best player on the team? You treat your teammates like crap. I really believe that. I, I think you're See, absolutely that's right. Old, that's old so fashioned, I know, but I'm old fashioned. It is. So am I. And the only difference there is the teammates that they're saying it to are probably thinking the same thing. They're probably thinking, when it's my turn, I'm going to do the same thing. So I'm certainly not going to mouth off at him now because this could be me next year. So uh, it, it's a bad many, cycle. Bob, Bob, how many of them are going to play pro football? Well, they all I think mean, they are, particularly at the higher level only teams. I know. Yeah, uh, but yeah. at the higher level teams, right. I'm sure they do think they're going to go play pro football. I don't yeah, know, but I don't like it any more than you do, Jerry. I don't. I don't uh, know how anybody can even go be a fan of any of these college teams anymore when you don't even know what players are going to show up to see your team to play on your team. I am hearing I mean, that more and more. I am absolutely hearing that more and more, that the rosters are changing too much from year to year. We don't get to know the guys or the gals, and it's ruining the college experience for the fans. 
Well, like I've said before, the, the colleges now are more pro than the pros because there's <laughs> they're, they're all free agents and there's no salary cap. So, you know, it's nuts. I love that line. Anyway. The college guys are yeah. more pros than the pros, and they're probably making just sure. as much money doing it from the from the NIL. Making more in some cases. Yeah, they are making more in some cases. They stay because of that now. You're absolutely right. Jerry, have a happy holidays, yeah. and thanks for calling in, and we'll always call you by Jerry moving forward. <laughs> Jerry's fine. Don't worry about it. Thank you. Take care. Be good. All right. Yep, happy holidays. Uh, yes, yeah, so we know him by his formal name, but that's Jerry Lindquist, longtime sports writer for the Richmond Times-Dispatch and uh, great listener of our shows and chimes in from time to time. We see him out and about when we do some of our remotes and hope we will again in 2024 as well. All right, we'll wrap it up. We'll take one more break. We'll finish it up for the Wednesday afternoon. And as I've been saying, for 2023, get you set for the uh, bowl games coming up and the college basketball, and we'll do one more look ahead after one more timeout. Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN. Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. 1061 ESPN. of a perfect uh, choice of bumper music as we call it heading into the final couple of minutes here because i was just thinking well done alan i was just thinking about this after jerry's call from a moment ago as as Je- and alan you can chime in here with your wishes as well but if i if i had one gift as a just from a sports perspective obviously not from a real life perspective necessarily but from a sports perspective the one thing i would want for christmas and my one new year's resolution and new year's wish and all of that would be that somebody smarter than all of us some powers that be would be able to come up with some kind of structure so that college athletics is not destroyed. And I don't know what that is, and it's way above my level of intelligence for sure, but somebody or some group has to come up with some guidelines, some guardrails, whatever the case may be, to bring some semblance of order back to college athletics. I think, you know, above and beyond the Eagles winning a Super Bowl and the Phillies winning a World Series and the Richmond Spiders winning a national championship, uh, that Alan, that would be my wish because I love college athletics and I've been in it for a long time and I really feel like I'm watching the unfolding and crumbling of college athletics, literally not only as we know it, but even what it's going to look like moving forward. So, there's my Christmas gift wish and resolution for the new year is that maybe it's you, Alan, because you already seem to have a game plan in place for Florida State and where they're going to go. Can I raise that one and say, come up with a way to save college athletics? I don't know, man. I might I might disappoint you because I'm more pro power to the people on this one. <laughs> really? You like what's happening in college I, athletics not, right now? I feel like if, if we're going to restrict the, the athletes, we need to do something with the coaches, too. If, if somebody could come up with a way to make it so, like, coaches can't just up and leave the kids, and then the kids can't just up and leave. I feel like this is more of an wow. even playing field because I feel bad for some of these kids. And, um, you know, Lewis has a great story about how he got recruited and he got to a school and that coach left, and then he was kind of stuck, you know? And well, I feel but, bad for that. Well, okay, then, then do that. That's fine. But – 
I mean, the coaches pay the price as well. Um, and the players can leave. If a coach leaves, a player can go. That, that That is an NCAA guideline at this point. And they have so much movement now that it's killing the sport. I mean, listen to the fans. All So many fans are saying the same thing, is that we're not liking this because we don't get to know our guys anymore because now they're playing at three and four different schools in a five-year period. Yeah, that, that just – that just boggles my mind that, that people like that. So we're going to be on different sides on that one for sure. That's but. fun. NFL-wise, we're different sides too because I would do anything for a Niner Super Bowl at this point. <laughs> well, I've told this story a million times, and since I guess it's Christmas time, I think I probably got it as a holiday gift. But back when I was a kid, I got that old electric football game where like the guys moved along the, the, uh, the sheet that vibrated, and it had a little puffy ball that you threw. And the two teams that I had in my game were the 40. 49ers and the Cowboys and I was always the 49ers so I became kind of a 49ers pseudo 49ers fan after the Eagles now that has changed because now there's a rivalry between them and there's not a whole lot of love lost between the Eagles and the Niners just that there isn't between the Eagles and the Cowboys but I'm I, I can understand where you could root for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl I'm at, I'm more with you on that than I am about your perspective on college athletics which I think is failing the fans at this point so I'll, anyway. I'll bring you on, man. We could do it together, though. We'll do it. We'll, we'll keep talking about this. We got all of next year to talk about it. We'll see what direction college athletics goes. So, in the last minute or so, um, again, just a public welcome to you as part of the ESPN Richmond family and the great job you're already doing uh, in the role you're in and getting all the bowl games on and keeping the Richmond Spiders going and happy and all the local sports talk. And uh, can't wait to see what you can do for us in in 2024. So, again, a public welcome to you to our ESPN Richmond family. Thank you, man, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you as well. Absolutely, and to all our listeners out there and our, our partners and our sponsors, same thing. Thank you for all your support, your loyal support, uh, tuning into the show, calling in and interacting to our sponsors for being a part of it, our, our partners that have had us out at so many different locations around the, the area. Really appreciate it, and we look forward to doing it all over and at even a bigger and better level in 2024. So that's it for me until I believe it'll be Thursday, January 4th will be the first show back, and should be in the studio with Sean Robertson and we'll have a feel good Thursday and get it going for 2024. Matt's in tomorrow and Friday. So is Jamie and Al in the morning. So you'll still have plenty of local sports coverage, spider basketball and bowl games over the holiday break for you here on 1061 ESPN. Uh, Alan, thank you over there in the producer's booth. Uh, we appreciate everybody who called in and interacted with us today and all year long. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Talk to you in 2024 when the sports huddle continues right here on 1061 ESPN. Serving Richmond and beyond.